Welcome to another episode of The Vibe Juice. Today my co-host is Brother Ali Al-Rashid. He's heavy. Be sure to rate us on iTunes. And if you have comments, please check us out on Facebook or send us an email, vibrantwoman at gmail. This is another beautiful day with the Vibe Juice crew. And this is your girl, your girl, your girl, Red Sonia, the song bee, sweet like honey and steam like a bee. <laughs> and uh, excuse me, you all, I'm getting over a little bit of a cold, so I'm trying to hold down that, hold back that cough. But I have a, a really wonderful, brilliant <laughs> co-host today. Uh, introduce yourself, brother. My name is Ali R. Rashid. Tell us about you. Been in Oakland since 1977, relocated here from Southern Cal, L.A., where I grew up, to attend law school. And LA. at that point, I thought I was going to get married. And an Angelino like myself, so, you know, we got to <laughs> yeah. send the love out. You know, we love Oakland, but we are, you know, Angelinos, Angelinos, yeah. Um, but I've been, uh, you know, I, I think pretty consistently involved in Oakland. Um, my company is 30 years old, so that's almost as long as I've been here. Uh, the name of your company? AAR Developmental Consultants. Uh-huh. And what we do is that we create legal structures, LLCs, for-profit corporations, non-profit corporations. We can secure initial financing or funding. And probably most importantly, focusing on how you govern what mm-hmm. you create, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't focus on that. Hmm. Now, explain a little bit what, what you're... Well, what I mean is that you can create, whether you do it yourself or you hire someone, a professional, to do it, you can create a LLC or nonprofit corporation or for-profit corporation. You may or may not know what you need to know to govern it. To run it mm-hmm. effectively, right. staying within all of the legal requirements, right. do all of the filings required. And then I think probably most importantly is reaching your goals, is to actually doing something right. with what you created. Not just creating something on paper. No, but, but actually creating a, a living, viable organization right um that does real world real world things yeah you know and 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 aspire to thrive not just in your dreams but Right. (laughs) (laughs) right to actually to actually function right in an effective impactful way right and that's 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 my focus so when you talk about governance wouldn't you uh, would you agree that it has a lot to do with a team who's on the team? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, from I advise clients that from the very beginning, what they should do is choose three to five people and actually pull them together before you create anything. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they know from the beginning what you're seeking to do, how you will do, and what you, uh, you know, what you intend on achieving. Right. So they know the whole mission, the purpose, the all vision, yes. all the, 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 um, the measures yeah. that you need to accomplish to make this successful. I always advise clients to expect their three to five core group, mm-hmm. expect a commitment of eh, three to four hours a week, mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. 
whether it's online, on the phone, mm-hmm. in person, three to four hours a week will get everything done. Mm-hmm. It's not that it's a lot, but it needs to be done in a very planned, methodical way. Right. So that you reach your goals. Well, that does it. I mean, so yeah. listen, anybody <laughs> needs some uh, professional business consulting, here it is. You need yeah. to seek out Brother Ali Rashid. Excuse me, I'm tongue tied with my cough drop. <laughs> For that professional consulting, uh, the brother knows his stuff. You hear it. I mean, and you once also uh, was a administrator over a college, weren't you? Right. I was the East Bay campus coordinator for New College of California. Mm-hmm. They no longer exist. Right. They went out in 2007. Mm-hmm. But I was there almost 10 years. Okay. So helped do the very first cohort of the East Bay, which was recommended by students. Uh-huh. of New College that attended the San Francisco campus. Right. And wasn't the whole concept behind New College really just a progressive Very uh, progressive. Applying education. Definitely left of center. <coughs> build an alternative institution that served the community versus the more traditional. Right. I'll just, you know. Without. Right. Which was really so refreshing to think of it. Yeah. Actually, I know someone who attended college with me and later on to obtain their JD. Right. Through new college. He's right. an attorney today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, Brother I, Iskandari. I got my JD in um, Malcolm's birthday, May 19th, 1985. From New College of California's oh, Public Interest School of Law. So they have been around for a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. They they were in their 30s oh, as really? an institution. And without casting negative perceptions, mm-hmm. I'll just say that they made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. They did not correct them to the satisfaction of the accreditation agency, WAS, Western Association of Schools and Colleges, mm-hmm. WASC. Mm-hmm. And um, continued, unfortunately, mm, okay. to make mistakes and to not do things in a manner that they were required to. Which, you know, ultimately means you will be a stink, no longer. Ah, ah, <laughs> as is now. Right. Because right. all of the law school files, because mm-hmm. I'm a law school alumni, all of the law school files are at JFK. I'm not sure whether... I think JFK also got the master's students' files. Mm. I'm not sure about the undergrad. Mm -hmm. What I ran was the one-year BA completion program, which was you went to school one weekend a month, Mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday, for three semesters of four months each, Mm -hmm. and received your BA. In order to be admitted to that program, you needed approximately 60 units. Okay. So that way they knew, you know, for sure that you, in a year, you could acquire the units necessary to complete your BA. And it was, it was a very interesting experience. One, I never run a college program, but more importantly, the opportunity to give people a chance to complete something they never saw themselves completing. Right. Because primarily you had a lot of uh, adults, meaning over 30 students. Yeah. And we, we did have an age range from early 20s mm-hmm. to the 50s, 60s. 
And okay. most of these were people who had been hitting at it, you know, a little bit here, a little mm-hmm. bit there over the years. Um, <clears throat> some of the younger students had maybe had a little more experience, but not always. Mm-hmm. You know, so what happened was that that uh, that the cohorts were very tight. They were very like family units. Okay, right. So, you know, you had some elders. Right. You had some young folks. That enforces support. You know? yeah. 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 Well, it Community. provided, it provided, it gave them a participation in a, I think, progressive academic gathering. Right. So even though these weren't people that you looked at as, you know, they, they're not honor students, they're not, you know, um, academic performance, right. they're not at that level, but because they've lived, you know, and right. they, they've had children, <coughs> some had grandchildren, um, many were working professionals. Mm-hmm. They worked for Alameda County, they worked for the city of Oakland, they worked for various corporations, and... To me, in my perception, it was critical that they understood really what higher education means. It doesn't mean that you got your BA and your MA or M, some other masters and then went to a job. To me, higher education should mean that it is directly linked to your growth and development as an individual. Oh, and that makes that makes sense. Yeah, and that it's, and that's what right. actually I I you know had the occasion to talk to numerous students after mm-hmm. they had got their BA. More than fifty percent of our BA graduates pursued one or two year MAs. Oh, okay. and I think that's significant mainly because these were people that never saw themselves <laughs> with a BA. Right. And they so take one step so for me, I got it's, it, and it's like, well, right. I'm, I'm on it now. That's super, <laughs> super inspirational. Yeah. Well, so Ali, well, you know, um, well, tell me this. Um, since you're so really up on the happenings of uh, being in Oakland for 30 years, you've seen a lot. You've yeah. seen the city change a lot. Yeah. In all of its forms and where it is today. All of the different administrations. Uh, well, with that being said, there's a mayoral race now, isn't it? Yes. And uh, it looks like every uh, person that's running happens to be nonpartisan. Yes. Everyone. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to just run down some of the names. I don't know the, all these people. I've just heard of a few people. We know Libby Schaff, existing mayor. Is incumbent, of course she's yes. yeah the incumbent mayor. She's running for another term, uh, and here are some new names: Cat Brooks, Ken Houston, Sa- Saeed or Saeed Karamuz, Peter Juan Lu, Pamela Price, uh, Nancy Side Botham, Botham Side Botham. Hmm, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, we know that name Botham, don't we? Yes, we'll have to yes. talk about that in a minute. Um, Jesse A.J. Smith, uh, Marshawn Tateman, and Cedric Troop. So who of any of these names? Do you know anything about any of these people? Well, I, and no, <clears throat> no disrespect or discourtesy to any of the candidates. Nor okay. enforcing or not enfor- or right. endorsing. No, no so, endorsing. Right. No endorsing. This is just discussion. But I think most would consider mm-hmm. 
the mayor, the incumbent mayor, as a top candidate. It looks like okay. she's running highest in polls as of June. I, I haven't right. seen any late lately. Um, Kat Brooks mm-hmm. is definitely uh, a major player. I've been hearing her name a lot. Yeah, and and <coughs> without like once again, we're not endorsing anyone right. for mayor. Right. What I would encourage all Oakland residents to do: mm-hmm. do your homework. Yeah. Okay. The East Bay. And vote. The the East Bay. Don't not vote. Don't be passive. I'm getting to that. The East Bay Express, other local online and offline sources Mm -hmm. are providing a wealth of information (coughs) about the background of, uh, well, Libby Schaff, but Pamela Price, Kat Brooks, and the other candidates. So, so Kat Brooks, there's two African-American women in this race, or it yeah. could be more. All I know well, is... I, well, I know for sure Kat Brooks and Pamela, and Pamela Price. Price. But now Pamela, I shouldn't say but, sorry. Mm-hmm. Pamela was a candidate for the district attorney for Exactly, yes. So she comes to it probably with... with some, a, a, she's got a staff, right. you know, for her campaign. Right, right. Um, I think she has some clear-cut views Mm -hmm. about what needs to happen Mm -hmm. in the city of Oakland. Um, Now, I haven't heard anyone's views. I haven't attended any debates. I haven't even received information on any public debate, if there is one. There there have been one, I think it's one. Mm -hmm. I may have missed a second, but I I know that for sure there was one. Mm -hmm. I know that Mayor Shaft and uh, Kat Brooks participated I'm not sure how many of the other candidates participated. Mm. But that's why I'm encouraging Oakland residents to do something which probably is fairly radical in and of itself. Actually sit down (coughs) with your housemates, partners, friends, Mm -hmm. uh, frat brothers, sorority sisters, (laughs) whatever. But sit down and actually review information about the people that are running Mm -hmm. for mayor. Mm -hmm. Um, Kat is a co-founder of the Anti-Police Terror Network. Oh, Um, okay. I know I've seen her significantly involved Mm -hmm. in issues that are major issues in Oakland. Also, those issues are national issues, right? Because I've Absolutely. seen her, I've seen her online involved in stuff in D.C. that relates to police misconduct or police violence. Mm. Um, I know she is very, she she's a very, I think of her like a Renaissance woman. She's an artist. Oh, really? I've seen her in plays. Okay, okay. I know she is very in the, in talented the in mm. terms of how she represents the black community. Okay. Artistically. <coughs> okay. Mm-hmm. And we don't get a lot of, of, of artists who no. step into the political arena, and I think it's a good thing. I respect that. Yes. I respect that. I consider myself an artist. When I was doing uh, business consulting or entrepreneurial training, mm-hmm. people didn't know, you know, uh, the that many other. spectrums. No. Right. They have no clue. And, and coming with that perspective, I think, from an artistic view, it enables you to have a broader view yes. about things, yeah. you know, and not uh, not one-dimensional, but certainly multi-dimensions. Yeah. And, you know, and also the, uh, there's there's a thin line between art and community activism. I don't think you there know? is a line. 
Oh, there you go. I, I think it's all it's all one big thing. Yeah, because you, and we look at it from different perspectives. Exactly, because yeah. often as artists, we may use various artistic platforms to speak about or draw attention to uh, a cause or be motivated, especially in by terms of local issues. local politics. Right. See, yeah. that's that's why I think it's significant that Cat is running and Oakland um, being a big uh, Oakland. Community, oh yeah. I mean, art community. Yeah, you know. Uh, I think that's important. You know, and it's, it is. You know. If you think of the uh, the ghost worship, uh, the ghost worship, uh, worship the the, uh, the, the fire and stuff. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of things that you know that go right up the arm of the government that needs tons of correcting in so many areas and agencies. You know, uh, it, it, you know, it just needs a fresh new bench. And I'm also speaking, I, I will say also in terms of the city altogether. Yeah. Leadership. Yeah. And that I think one of the things, and this is once again, without endorsing any particular candidate. Right. I'm encouraging people to learn for yourselves what people have done and how they've done it. Mm-hmm. Because if you want to get a reading of a candidate for office, you need to examine their history. She has a lot of uh, endorsements. Yeah. I just yeah. happened to pull up her page because we're talking about her. Mm. And I think it's very relevant. Um, I like what I see, but uh, again, this is not an endorsement. But, you know, it's important. It's, you know, it's yeah. just general research. Yeah. But I see uh, Dr. Uh, Reverend Dr. Harold R. Mayberry, a first AME church of Oakland. And uh, I have heard uh, Reverend Mayberry. I love that name. Reverend Harold, Dr. Reverend Harold Ara May Barry. And you notice how I said Ara anyway. <laughs> uh, Dan Siegel. Now, yes. Dan Siegel ran for, uh, what was it? Was he it ran, for I, mayor? I think he, he ran for mayor. He may have ran for mayor and city council. I think I so. know he ran for mayor. He did run for mayor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's a longtime activist. Right. And he, I know he's an activist for... Uh, um, you know, helping brothers coming out of prison, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for uh, police misconduct cases. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So he, you know, I, yeah. I, I have respect. I, I think it's, it's attorney. A, a very, um, <coughs> I think we have a very dynamic feel. Mm-hmm. And that's not just because we haven't spoken about the other candidates doesn't mean they don't deserve the same attention. Right. Because, no, especially with our voting system, mm-hmm. okay. And I forget what they, what do they call that? Um, not preferred, but ranked, ranked, ranked voting. voting. Yeah, yeah, it's very tricky. It's a tricky little thing. Now, that's another thing. I'm not for sure Oakland that I'm really citizens. favorable yeah. of that ranked-based uh, voting. While we have this system, and we need to be very clear on what it, how it really ranked works. Ranked choice. Ranked choice. And maybe, you know, just for clarification, just a little description of what is ranked choice vo- voting. Uh, it's also referred to as instant runoff voting. Yes. Allowing voters to rank up to three candidates. Yeah. So you pick your top, top three candidates. Even if you only pick one, what will happen, the vote's default to the next highest person, yes. and that's how 
they do a runoff based on rank. Yeah, instant runoff. Yeah, yeah instant runoff on rank cho- choice voting. And it doesn't, you, don't, you won't know the winner right away. There's a system that has to follow. They have to do counting and, you know, uh, gathering up all of these numbers and, you know, churn it. Figuring out who gets Ultimately, what. Ultimately, it takes almost another two weeks before you really know. And I know that was the case with uh, the city council district three. Right. That happened. It didn't happen in another situation. I'm not really now a lot of people feedback is like they don't like it. You know, they didn't like it. So I think if people it don't like be, it. It can be confusing. Yeah. But that, I think that while we have that system. Right. Everybody needs to be clear on what your vote actually means it, it really clear okay? be clear on what <coughs> what rank system allows you to do the rank voting system what it allows you to do mm-hmm. and be clear on what you can't do right. because you know like like for example i'd heard someone just say i think in jest um that they were going to vote for the same candidate <coughs> at first second and third levels well I'm not sure that's what the system is intended to allow. Right. And I can't offer any definitive opinion because I, I don't know, honestly. Right, right. But I'm encouraging everyone to spend a few minutes hmm. reviewing mm-hmm. rank, rank choice voting <coughs> and what happens if you, how you vote and how that can be interpreted when the vote is over. So let me just give a little demographics about the city. And this is uh, demographics is based on the, the, the most current uh, Census Bureau. So the total population right now, we know it's a little higher than this. Uh, we're looking at 408,000 people after they finish these 60 developments. We, that should make, bring it up about another 10,000 10, to 20 easily. Uh, the gender per- percentage of women... Uh, Fifty-one percent mm-hmm. in Oakland. Uh, ethnicity <clears throat> right now, allegedly. And this is the census, and I take it this would be back twenty ten. Uh, twenty actually, is it twenty twenty third? No, no twenty ten. The current. A little, oh, excuse me. This is the demographics from twenty fifteen. Oh, okay. <clears throat> excuse okay. me. Provided by the United States Census Bureau. Okay. Um, let's see. White, this is the population, they don't break it down by gender, but uh, white, Caucasian, we've got 39.1%. African or black, African-American, 26%. That sounds much higher than I would think now, but, you know, maybe so. Well, it's been, it's been, our our population has been as high as in the 40s. Right. 40% yeah. range. But in, so in a, now like the last it's 10 years or 20 years? Last, say 15, 20 years. Okay. You know. Yeah. But when it was Chocolate City, when it was fer- referred to as the second Chocolate City, mm-hmm. I'm probably going back to the 70s and 80s. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's all. It was higher than that. But it I, was higher, but right. Even at that, 26%, it, you're still major players. Right. Because basically my last hearing of statistics was that the white population, the African-American and related population Mm -hmm. and the Latino related population Mm -hmm. 
each broke down to close to 30%. Well, you're close. You're right. Because the Latinos of 2015, 26.1. So really, the African-American and Latino population right there. And it's, it's funny because oh, Asian, I was going to say, it should be pretty high. Double figures, 16.1%. And then you've got Pacific Islander, 0.6. Native American, 0.8. Uh, let's see, college graduates, 3.9, I mean, excuse me, 39%, and then high school graduate rate, 80%. Median household income, this is also of 2015. All these figures, I could tell you, have changed uh, quite a bit, because I would say that the white population has certainly increased in the last, uh, what? Five years. Three years. Well, this was 2015. In three years, we've seen a drastic change of an influx of, uh, of whites moving from all over, but primarily from San Francisco, simply because cost mm-hmm. of real estate. And that's why West Oakland has been targeted because the West Oakland BART station is the last East Bay BART station. Right. So if very you, important if you, location strategically. Yeah, strategically. If yes. you work in San Francisco and you live in West Oakland. You can get on at West Oakland BART and zap. Be right there. You're in San Francisco. <laughs> Although BART keeps going up, it won't bother you. You have a job and you can be right there. So Pamela Price is another sister that uh, she's running again. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think she holds a law degree too. I think mm-hmm. she worked with, uh, what's the attorney? Well, she said years ago, uh, the Johnny Cochran of uh, the East Bay. You know I'm referring to. Uh, uh, oh. Um, uh, he does a lot of police. Jo- um, <laughs> I know. I got you thinking Johnny Cochran, but. Uh, no, 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 no. No, no I um, uh, Burris. Burris. Yeah, John right. Burris. Right. John Burris. John, oh, that's his first name. Yeah. Okay, right. two Johnnies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she did work with him. Uh, but now on her website, which is, you know, not as easily as determining who's endorsing her. I mean, it, with, oh, I see it now. Yeah. But let me just say what her issues are, what she's standing on. Eliminating homelessness, n- number one. Solve affordable housing crisis. That can be folded into the same thing. Kind of a, issue, yes. Yeah. Number three, expand addiction and mental health services uh, that associated with homelessness and, you know, strengthen public safety, cleaner streets now, hold law enforcement accountable. So everybody's going to use that platform to some degree, right? Yeah. I mean, to be compelling as a, or to be taken serious yeah. as, as a, a, a candidate. Hold, uh, let me see, uh, hold law enforcement accountable. World-class public education. Now, for public schools speaking in Oakland, uh, that could be definitely a platform to stand on, but it also could be a platform for whoever would be running for uh, superintendent of Unified School District, Mm -hmm. too. Uh, She says, create new jobs for for Oaklanders, and that's kind of coming a little bit with development happening. Yeah. Uh, it, it has. We expect more <laughs> than what has happened. That's what I would say. Okay. It's not a negative. Right. But we got a lot we could do to improve. And then lastly, those are her top 10 bullets and support Oakland small business. And, you know, that's that's got to be everybody's platform, honestly. You know, you... You've got to support yeah. local, local The local business community deserves and, and should have. Now, I don't see the page full of endorsements as I did. I'm, I'm just, you know, this yeah. is just research, discussion, again. 
uh, not you know backing or endorsing anyone, but I I don't see the depth of endorsements as on the website as I saw for Cat Brooks, and and I'm saying this only because the buzz of Cat Brooks' name just verbally in the streets has been really gaining very, momentum. Very strong. Very strong. Very She's strong. got people, grassroots mm-hmm. that are making those calls. They're out there. They're talking. Working the, walking the block. They're walking it. They're doing it. They really are. Well, it sounds like just from this perspective, Cat Brooks is going to give uh, Lily sh- uh, Lil, Libby. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no disrespect. But give Libby Schaff a, a, a bit of a run for her money. It yeah. looks like. Well, I think I think if nothing else, mm-hmm. what I expect to see mm-hmm. in the Oakland mayor's election in this campaign mm-hmm. is that some people are going to find out some things they didn't know. Mm-hmm. That's and interesting. That, is, that 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 includes candidates and voters. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There, there's there's a lot of a lot of information uh-huh. that's available. Right. And I once again, I do strongly work. urge the, work. the Oakland residents right. do your homework. Do this it. is your city. <clears throat> That's right. Even if you don't feel like it because of gentrification, right? Even if you don't feel like it because you and or some of your folks this have is not been the time to back evicted, down. you need to be prepared. You need to be educated. Stand on Stand your ground. Protect your ground. Give them some Black Panther education here. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it really, um, Oakland, I really believe, in, and I know for some, they hear this phrase and it's it's sort of like a campaign phrase, right? Mm-hmm. But Oakland really is at a crossroads. I, absolutely. Okay. You see Oakland it is really unfolding. at a crossroads. It really is. We have development happening, but who will it benefit? Exactly. Okay, and we don't know exactly. all the answers, but we know that's a question. Right. To be addressed, every mayor candidate, mm-hmm. every mayorality candidate needs to be up on what they think. Engaged, because right now from where we're standing, we're in the midst of all of these things unfolding, but there is a overlapping 10-year plan, Twenty. 25 year continuously mm-hmm. and we're caught up we're right at that crossroads of the overlapping plan and scope so all the people that are the players that have their eye and are already unfolding maybe plans they had 10 years ago and yeah. it's unfolding yeah so whomever gets in that role of leadership you're absolutely 100 percent right holly we want to know who is going to be able to benefit from all of this visioning and plans that's unfolding? And are is it going to skirt a lot of people aside? That's what we see happening already. You know, Oakland has never, and I know this is going on in L.A., but it has never had the number of homeless people sleeping under, you know, Caltrans freeways and all out mm-hmm. in the streets and, you know, and, well, and Los Angeles has exploded. On, on the homeless issue, <clears throat> and this is, and I, I will admit to, I have a bias mm-hmm. on behalf of the homeless mm-hmm. because they are us. True. In my work on a day-by-day basis in West Oakland with the homeless, mm-hmm. I can tell you there is almost no 
population segment that is not represented. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, no, they're not all drug addicts. Right. No, they're not all alcoholics. Right. No, they're not all disabled. And no, they're not all unemployed. Right. So, in the homeless homeless community sites in Mm -hmm. Oakland, Mm -hmm. there are people that have degrees. There are people that have had careers. There are people that got knocked down or knocked out Mm -hmm. by certain specific developments that many, many others have suffered from. Right. They may not have recovered (laughs) as well as some others. But we really need to think about who can, why, why does it take $650,000 for a basic home? Hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. That, I just, I just leave, it's up to you. Mm-hmm. Go look it up. Mm-hmm. Look, go Google, go <laughs> Yahoo, go wherever you go and do your research. See but the cost try is. that cost, try that question because if 20 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, mm-hmm. the average home was say 350. Right. Okay. Just, I'm just using that as an example. May have been less, may have been a little more, but now we're saying how we, long ago? Uh, Twenty years. Okay, I think three fifty to two fifty to three fifty. No, but, actually, I won't even say that long ago. Really, so maybe yeah. about fifteen. Yeah, you could still get something, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but 15. but if you look at if you look at mm-hmm. three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right, and what it would buy, right, for a family mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, fifteen to twenty years ago. Oh, a lot. Okay, now, now, <laughs> there are no homes available. No, because you got to go above seven fifty. Okay, and I'm, <laughs> I'm giving them, I'm giving them a break by saying six fifty. Right, but <laughs> where have wages gone? Nowhere. Nowhere. (laughs) Okay, Okay, we got stereo on that one. (laughs) Nowhere. That's right. So that means that in a market, in a housing market, where the housing costs have exploded. Right. Okay, literally exploded. Wages have not exploded. Mm -hmm. No, they have not. Whether you're professional or skilled labor. Neither one has really exploded. No. Okay. No, not at all. So in that situation, how do people manage to buy a home? And that's a critical question for whether the, whether it's the people that are gentrifying Oakland. Right. Whether it's those being pushed out of Oakland because of gentrification. Mm-hmm. Whether they are techies. Yes. Relocating out of San Francisco. Yes. Out of the Silicon They're, Valley. That's driving things up, too. Whether they are skilled labor people who perform essential functions in any city, mm-hmm. whatever your whatever sector of employment you belong to, right? the reality is you are not getting paid oh, anywhere that, near right. what it takes to buy a home. Th- no. We're not talking about the many... McDonald, the mini Mac mansions, you know, <laughs> the, the, you know, seven fifty, eight hundred, a million, one point three. Yeah, what, we're talking about the just basics. a standard home. If you talk about a two bedroom, two bath home, I don't really believe 
you can do it for under six fifty. No, no. Okay. I so, mean, uh, and that uh, I mean that just excludes so, so a whole lot of neighborhoods. Ten percent of six fifty is sixty five thousand dollars. Right. Right. Twenty percent is a hundred and thirty thousand. Right. So you got two so, people. If you can maybe scrape, maybe with a uh, a modest what would be the, even at the top of the medium wage, which is for Oakland now, it's about, they call the $85,000. A lot of people are not making $85,000. In San Francisco, $100,000 means that you're just inches, at the bottom. You're, you're, you're inches, <laughs> millimeters right, from, being, from the bottom. <laughs> right. Okay? So all of those factors that we're talking about, all of those factors are critical right. to a, a basic issue. This is not any particular party's promise, right? It's not. It's not everyone's dream. But those but they need to hear this, though. The people need that, to address that make this nation function. Mm-hmm. I believe should be able to have a home. Now, definition of home, right? Because I was going to say that could that, be tiny home, okay, a piece of land, or you know something. But there's no way in the world. <laughs> The people that work 10, 15, 20 plus years. Right. Today. Skilled anymore. labor. Anymore. Or in the professional realm. Right. There's no reason they should not have a home. So I'm, I'm going to say this, and then we, we want to move on to another topic. Okay. But I, I just want to say this, like, like in Oakland. So we've got approximately 66 developments. Okay. Yeah. All heavy on the west side. Yeah. Primarily around surrounding uptown, downtown, downtown, uptown, yep, yep. and then maybe a couple going towards North Oakland, North Berkeley. Oakland. But 60, they're cranes. This is Crane City right now. <laughs> the beast mode, 9,000, okay? It is turned up on Molly's or something. But when all of these developments are in, and they're, some of them, they're leaving a little space downstairs for retail space. So somebody who can pay that commercial space per square footage will be able to put a business or try a business, I'm just saying. Now, most of these are not uh, condos. These are rentals, and yeah. they're asking top market. Now, when the real estate cycle and the city has this little 10-year, 15-year cycle, those people that are making that afford that can afford these high-end rates, they're going to move on with their income and their jobs and they're going to be investing in buying property. The rents eventually will go down or equal and then it'll be open for then possibly open for Lower income housing. I mean, yeah. you've seen it happen well, in real cities world, all the real time. Real world housing. Right. Because that, that's something that, that we've always had, to me, to my way of thinking, it's always been a bifurcated, like, tiers. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's always been an upper tier. Mm-hmm. We, all, we all know this. Right. When our families moved into a $150,000 home, hmm. there were those people that their down payment was in excess of what we paid for the our house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? That's always existed. Right. But there was always a variety of levels you could buy a home at. Mm, right. Okay? Right. The first home I bought in, in 1972, 73, mm-hmm. 
was probably about 60,000. Okay. In LA. Wow. <laughs> but the average home price in LA at that time uh-huh. was in the 20s. Really? Yeah. Woo. So so that that's what well, I'm saying. My mom this, bought her house this is in the this 60s. is always this this spread. Right. In terms of home prices. Well, you must have been living high up in Hollywood Hills. (laughs) Player? No. Actually, Crenshaw and Olympic. Good neighborhood. Right behind Fremont Park. And if you're talking about the 70s, there weren't any black folks too many living over there. No. Because the guy that owned the house I bought at that time was part of uh, Bornstein? The the Memory Institute or something. Okay. The famous folks. Uh Uh-huh. But... My point is this. We've always had various tiers mm-hmm. or levels of homes. There's always been homes for those that were the skilled labor market, for those that were lower level to mid-level working professionals, mm-hmm. and then for those more uh, highly paid Architects, doctors, dentists, lawyers like that, accountants, mm-hmm. CPAs. Mm-hmm. There was always housing <coughs> available. The difference now is that they are expecting skilled labor people to qualify to finance a home that 20 years ago was for architects, doctors, lawyers. Right. Okay. Right. That's the problem. The problem is the lack of of what I would consider a market that offers something for most income levels. Right. Hmm. You know, hmm. when you when you start talking about, we have a, a, a just a unbelievable hmm. quantity of one, two-bedroom condos that are $500,000. Right, right. Now, if, if my income dictates that I'm somewhere between, say, two fifty and three fifty. I can't even qualify to get a one bedroom condo, <laughs> and yet, and, and I need I know a two or three bedroom. You, and that's what you need, right? Well, two or three baths, right? Where do I get it? Well, so it's becoming more like New York. You know, it's standard oh, yeah. for people in New York. A whole bunch of people that's like, oh, I got three roommates, two bedrooms, but we turn the front room and, and you I, know, two more beds. You know. It's like, okay, like you're going to Cal with you know, <laughs> a whole bunch of people sleeping in, you know, the closets and coming out yeah, the closets yeah. and everything, how people make it work. Well, with that, the, the mayors, the people that are running all of the uh, candidates, they, they've got their work cut out, for them. cut out. But people, voters, you got your work cut out, too. Just do, do the work. Your, do your homework. <laughs> so, do your homework because you are the ones that have maybe not the level of influence that you should, Mm -hmm. but you do have influence. That's right. And if people start talking to each other about the candidates, if your church or your fraternity or your sorority or your union or any other organization right. you belong to. Just talk. Just talk. You can it have. Out. You can have a candidate's night, and you'll know what it is. And invite them to come exactly. out and t- come out and tell yeah. us. Churches yourself. should do that. Tell no, us directly. Do it. Tell I, us directly. Right. What you really are for. 
So listen, since we're on a little bit on the political side, I just have to uh, just make a segue here from Oakland, and we're going to fly over to Dallas. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, we landing in Dallas now. Tighten, would you please tighten your seatbelts? Because gonna the land it. is going to be a little rough. Now, we got to talk about what happened in Dallas now for those of you and I, and, and pretty much everyone should have heard this, but I believe it was September 6th that a uh, officer, and these, here's the facts, Officer Amber Geiger. Dallas PD. Uh, Oakland. I mean, excuse me. Sorry, Dallas. forgive Oakland. Dallas PD got off from work 10 p.m. September 6th. She had just worked a 15-hour sh- shift, allegedly, still wearing her uniform. Uh, with a bulletproof vest or a special vest. Interesting. Now, she arrives at her her building, and this is a highly secured uh, uh, upscale yes. apartment yes. complex, uh, well secured, and wearing her uniform, uniform. She drives not only into on the wrong floor, allegedly, she allegedly goes to, well, we, we know now by fact, she goes to the floor above the one that she lives on, which she lives on a second. She goes to the third floor. And then she tries to use a, <clears throat> a, a security card to enter into a unit, which is not hers. It's directly above hers. Now, based on witnesses, they hear her bang on the door and try to force her way in. Okay, I'm not going to get into my speculation, but the fact is, is that she somehow, now how she got in, we don't we'll, know. we'll just discuss that. We don't know. It'll come out. But she gets in enough to pop off two shots and hit the brother who lives, the man, I'm going to get both of them, John Shim, hits 26-year-old African-American male and hits him, one of the bullets, fatal, fatally hits him in the chest. He has enough life in him to say, why did you do that? And she kills the man. Now, this has been, you know, people... I mean, if you're feeling hopeless, we have seen in the last five, six years over, I believe, 36 fatal murders of African-American people, male and female, primarily male. To hear that a man is in his own home and, and he's innocent, he's not done nothing to provoke, prov- nothing provocational. Current police activity related to Mr. Botham. Uh, yes, Mr. Botham. There's, uh, there's no, there's, there's nothing going on. I'm in my apartment, <laughs> and someone enters my apartment. Right. And I rise more than likely. Once again, we don't know all the yeah, facts. Well, but, sounds like but, somebody's at my door. I'm no, here. No, well, no, so, sounds like somebody's coming in. <laughs> Now, we don't even know. Even if somebody's rambling your door, if you're yeah, just fooling around, you can hear it usually. It depends on how big your place to, is. To me, one of the critical <clears throat> questions that I've yet to see resolved, it probably won't be resolved until trial. But how did Officer Geiger, in a building, and, and just let me 
sidestep for a minute. This is a building where if you've ever been in a hotel. Right. And you have a key card. A key card, right. Now, when you put the key <laughs> card in the slot, if the door does not turn, if the green light doesn't come on, you will not be admitted, even if it's the right key card. Mm-hmm. That's true. Okay. Even if it's the right one, because right. maybe your key wasn't activated properly. Right. And so, and so you have to go back happen. to the, you have to go back to the front desk. Yeah. Get a new key and come back. There's times but, that your t- key or your fob can be deactivated based on a credit card or yeah, something yeah. else. It's, it's, I think magnetic <clears throat> and stuff. But but right. the point being, so in this complex, it is not possible. There is a, v, a DVD or, or not a DVD, but a video online. Where uh, a sister there in Dallas mm-hmm. took it upon herself to do a little special Who investigation. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. And she in- interviewed a gentleman who lives in the building. He showed her with his key mm-hmm. how when you put it in his door, the light turns green and the door opens. <clears throat> he went next door to his neighbor's door. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Put his card in. Oh, okay. Red light. Red light. Nothing. Right. Nothing. Right. So if Miss Geiger, (laughs) and I'm hoping that the if, she may have proof of the if, but Mm. if Miss Geiger went to Mr. Botham's door and put her card in his door. We know the light was red. The light was red. What state of mind that it's like telling a uh, uh, good gracious? It's like telling a fireman, uh, you know, or, or a bus driver, the railroad track is coming down, and what bus driver knows not to stop when when the arm comes down? You cannot cross the track. So you're not going to proceed unless you know it's safe. So what police officer or anybody in their right mind that sees red and says, oh, wait a minute. Let me give you another fact. Fact. Botham's mother, um, Mrs. Um, Well, I don't know her name anyway, but um, mother who's clearly upset. She bought a red carpet. A red uh, carpet that goes door. in front of his door simply because she said all the units look, look so, so much alike. alike. And that's how she could distinguish. She didn't have to worry about his it. from anybody. My else. son lives right there where right the red there. carpet is. Right. So now if you don't have red, <laughs> if, if Miss Geiger does not have red carpet. At and her apparently door, she doesn't because if she did, trust me. By now, we would have known it. The <laughs> yeah. Dallas police would have jumped all over that because they've they've given their side of of things. What two days later, uh, there this is what they came back, uh, and it sounds like you know how are they uh, uh, prevaricating, or or I should say constructing a story to defend Miss Geiger. Uh, they're alleging to the press the door the, the door was ajar. Uh, she her weapon was drawn because she thought her place was being burglarized. Mm-hmm. That she gave verbal commands, and now later they go back with a search warrant, and then they come back and say, and "This is still a couple of days later that uh, um, Botham had 
10.4 grams of marijuana that was found inside his apartment with a weed grinder. Well, big problems one, with all of this. Number one. Big problems. Number one. He is dead. His Absolutely. life, his life was taken without that has legal, nothing to do with it. Yeah, without legal support. Mm-hmm. He was not involved. He was not being pursued or apprehended related to the commission of a crime. Right. He was in his home. Okay. Mm. There mm. was nothing said, and nothing has been said. And I, I honestly don't believe the Dallas Police Department has anything to indicate. That there would have been any any reason, probable cause, any reason, right? Okay. Her working a fifteen-hour shift. If if you look at how the story has been reported mm-hmm. on all the press services, they all have the basic same story that the P- Dallas Police Department issued before hmm. they could identify Miss Geiger. Now, I don't know how you have all the facts. Mm-hmm. But yet, you don't know who the officer is. <laughs> think about that. Before just, just, they released their name. Just, just think about that. Mm. Because they swore the first two days mm-hmm. may have been three. Mm-hmm. They swore they didn't know who the officer was. Oh, boy. Okay. So so first, <laughs> first we have it's that overwhelming. issue. Then the issue around access. Right. How did she get in his unit? It stinks. Now, one of the things mm-hmm. that that is on the vine, and this is mm-hmm. on the grapevine. Mm-hmm. I'm not claiming this to be fact. Mm-hmm. I don't have any information to back allegedly. it up. But people in Dallas are saying mm-hmm. that it is quite possible if there was a prior relationship well, this between is these two people and that maybe... She had his key. Well, let me say this. Um, I did come across some information that he had only lived in the building for a month. He had moved in about right. a month right. prior. That's not very long. Uh, and, yeah, on the grapevine, there there could be. Yeah. So well, let, let me that, let me say this just just to, to play on what you just said. Right. OK. And folks, this is an example of why. You have to have facts. Right. Why they they do things that are called fact finding. Exactly. Because mm-hmm. I have heard the same thing you just said, mm-hmm. Sonia, mm-hmm. about her. What? That she moved in? That she had only moved there a short while ago. Really? Now, I heard, I heard the same thing about him. Mm. So now, but that's a fact right. that has to be confirmed. That's true. One this way or the other. Yeah, because we, we don't know all the solid. All we know is that a woman somehow, which we don't know what the how is, but we know the who, the what, and where. Now, the, all the blue gray areas in between, the actual how and why, mm-hmm. we don't, we don't, that we don't know. Uh <laughs> But there was, unless you have witnesses, now there was apparently someone that lived across the hall and um, and uh, the person across the hall actually videotaped it. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and what they, with their phone, they captured on camera, they saw uh, Geiger pacing back and forth the, uh, after she had 
shot, you know, did the two shots and killed him, that, uh, you know, that she, they, they saw her going back and forth. She looked like, and I did see that on, because they, it was played on the news, different media outlets where she was just going back and forth pacing like, Oh, I just, you know, whatever. And calling nine one one. Now my issue, here's the other issue that that's in question and it's fact finding. You're right. Now between the time that she killed him, she got in and she was out there making that call. What else did she do? We don't know. Even about this whole thing about the weed and, 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 and everyone that knows him from neighbors to church, um, uh, family members, co-workers, that's not his, in his character at all. I mean, you know, that's neither here nor there, but it looks like someone is trying to, uh, create, you know, and, uh, and stage, some kind of story around it, but I'm just saying what happened. She went in at what point do you, I mean, really, even after working 15 hours, I'm sorry, unless I've been intoxicated and I've taken, you know, all kind of dope out there and, uh, you know, pain medication and all that, just get me all over where I, I got heroin in my, in my, in my veins that, I don't know my door. I'm telling you, there's been nights, and this is my past, but there's been nights just from drinking that 20 years ago, you know, when I did a a whole lot of partying, I still knew how to hell to get to my car. I still knew how to hell to get to to my damn door. Never any mistakes. And I might not even remember what I did the next day, the next day, but I knew how to hell and where the hell I was going. So what was that? what's the excuse here? The the and I, I'm just gonna say this on this case because I think it's a clear case where there's a lot of fact finding that needs to occur. Okay, and I think a lot of people are speculating. I think there is a reason behind why they talk about the marijuana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's a reason. There's a reason why we don't know yet how she entered that apartment. There is a reason. Okay. And I think that part of the reason is that they don't know how to explain it. They don't. Now, uh, one one thing is that uh, now I thought about this, but I did a little research. You know, they live right above each other. And we mm-hmm. know when you live in apartments, sometimes you have a person over you and you can hear a lot of noise and he was above her. There were never any uh, complaints counted for. So there was nothing ever mentioned about her ever having an issue about, oh, my neighbor and he's over me or making too much noise. So that couldn't be. I mean, I know that sometimes you could be in a neighborhood where your neighbor can be uh, provoke you in a lot of ways. <laughs> we know that some of y'all are probably dealing with that right now, but it doesn't sound like this was far from it. This wasn't one of those situations. I think and this this is something for all of us, all of us, mm-hmm. to pay attention to and to think about. Mm-hmm. We know she mm-hmm. ended up at his door. Mm-hmm. We know that, unfortunately, her ending up at his door ended up with him dead. Right. Not injured. Right. Not arrested. Right. Dead. Right. In the absence, tragic. In the absence of criminal activity which there are no allegations, none. 
of criminal activity mm-hmm. on his part, mm-hmm. then it brings up a scenario, and I don't like to say this, but it's not completely out of the case. Mm-hmm. What if, what if there were, if there had been some kind of contact mm-hmm. prior, what if, yeah, prior right, contact right. between the two, the, right. the shooter right. and the person killed? What if there were was some type of contact? Well, that would that it create more logic for us. That it partially explains who are watching, why paying attention. She went to his door. That would create more logic. Well, let's let, let well, let's just make him a more of a person and a human. And who is Botham? So this is what I found out. And he does have a profile on LinkedIn. Oh yeah. But uh, he graduated from Harding University. He attended there 2011 through 2016. Uh, he graduated with a bachelor's of business administration in the field of accounting and management information. He's from a prominent family, St. Lucia. Uh, he's the son of Alice Jean, that's his mom, uh, who was a, a former permanent permanent secretary in the Ministry of Education, mm-hmm. Innovation, uh, let's see, Gender Relations and Sustainable Development. You notice how very prominent and clear and poised his mother is? I mean, after even losing her son? Yeah. Heartbreaking. You know, this wasn't just some family you just sh- shake a little nigger stick at. Okay? This wasn't that. Um, also, let's see, his uncle, I believe, was a former gov- government minister and parliamentarian. Uh, his profile is, uh, describes him as, let's see, an aspiring young professional engaged in developing a career built upon integrity, dedication, and relationships, leveraging useful technologies to gain an understanding and add value in a range of industries, striving towards leadership in my career, my community, and society. This is how he described himself right now on LinkedIn. And you know what? When I looked at his profile, I'm three degrees separated from knowing this brother. Somehow. It just goes to show you how the world is. You never know. We're closely related. We're closely. Very closely. closely. This, no matter how you look at it, is tragic. They are protesting. Um, The latest news is that um, nine people have been arrested for just blocking traffic, you know, in in Dallas at the AT&T Stadium. I mean, this is, it's upsetting. Yes. It's very upsetting. But um, what we are hoping that we don't see, (laughs) we don't see enough. Now, the mayor is standing behind this. And the mayor, now, I don't know if this is all puff and smoke or whatever, but he's he's saying that he wants justice for um, Botham as soon as possible. The mayor, Mike Rawlings. He also he told the media that this is the sort of citizen we want to have in Dallas. Yeah. He okay. Said that. Yeah. So he indicated that he's he wants the justice to be expedited Answers. as soon as possible. Answers. Right. Now, also the latest news is that that Geiger moved out. <laughs> no surprise. Immediately upon being released and returned to her home and released from bail, her $300,000. So, which really means what? $30,000, which ain't crap. That's a piece of shit. And she's, she's released and she moved out. In to my way of thinking, Mm -hmm. just my, in my own little head, Mm -hmm. 
it was murder. Until you prove the facts of manslaughter Mm -hmm. or some reduced version of homicide, murder, first degree murder. Yeah, not manslaughter. So until facts are present Mm -hmm. that indicated, oh, well, maybe this is a manslaughter case. Mm. But for her to be charged with manslaughter with the gap in facts that we currently have is, is a diversion of justice. Is, well, it's a miscarriage of it's justice. Ridiculous. It's a miscarriage of justice Absolutely. because if Geiger was a black woman, mm. member of Dallas Police Department, mm-hmm. and if Mr. Botham had been other than Mr. Botham was mm-hmm. from St. Lucia, a person of African descent. Right, exactly. We would be looking at a police officer charged with murder until the facts cause them to reduce the charge. Right. They would not have started at manslaughter. Mm-hmm. Because for manslaughter, they have no, I don't believe, mm-hmm. my own little, I don't believe they have any intention of increasing the charge. Wow. I think they're going this is, down. This is going to be explosive. I think they're going down for manslaughter. And we can almost, in my view, just based on history, the facts say murder. The facts don't say second degree. They don't say homicide, hmm. involuntary, I mean, um, manslaughter. They don't say manslaughter, voluntary or involuntary. Mm-hmm. It says murder. Right. Wow. Well, you know, our our hearts go out to his mom, his family, his entire family, and really just out to the nation because this is the ultimate disgrace. I mean, it's it's a disgrace when a 12-year-old child is shot innocently. It's a disgrace every time we see uh, or someone that, you know, turns around or, you know, sells cigarettes and gets choked on the side of the street. It's a disgrace every time we see someone black killed, but even more so in your home. You know, it's, it's this is just the ultimate dis- disgrace. Yeah, and who needs to go down is that officer. No pity. No no pity. <laughs> Unapologetically, she just needs to go down. First degree murder. Criminal behavior is criminal behavior. Whether I'm a good guy or a bad guy. <laughs> if I commit is, criminal it, acts... It's just I am guilty of committing criminal acts. Yeah, and you're just guilty. Enough said. Full stop. (laughs) Okay. Blow smoke up someone else's butt. Speaking of butt, (laughs) I just want to do a a segue before we call it a day, a little vibe juice afternoon, but talk about a little booty juice. Now, let me just explain. People don't get all your britches in a bundle. The booty juice is simply just the booty, like uh, the pirate booty, the the the, the riches, the business, the finance, the scuttlebutt, gold, the scuttlebutt. You know, so the booty juice. I just want to. What do you think about Elon Musk and taking all of this trash and hits on from media because he was on a podcast show, yeah, talking to uh, Joe Joe Rogan show. 
and because he took a puff of a blunt. I don't judge anybody that smoked. Do you? Now, if I'm a a shareholder of Tesla, I'm not going to come all apart because Elon smoked, you know, on his off time. This is a man not making corporate decisions. You know, he's on his downtime. They even, you know, they even have the nerve to say that. I, I, I think it's hilarious, but that not only did the shares take a hit, but that they they found it shocking in that he uh, that he was uh, doing acting outside of the Tesla policy. He violated their policy of corporate mm. behavior. Oh my God, it's laughable. If every time, <laughs> if every time, corporate muck mucks, <laughs> big shots, right? If every time <laughs> they did something that shocked us. Hmm. If we had a dollar, just just one dollar <laughs> for every time, we all would be rich. <laughs> right. Okay. We would all be rich because they lead the world mm-hmm. in doing what they want. Mm-hmm. You know what? I think the, those tight asses, they could learn something. Learn something. Loosen up your tight ass. Well, especially when you're sitting there smoking a joint watching Elon Musk smoke a joint. (laughs) Right. Wow. Well, anyway, hey, look, happy smoking for all of you potheads. I'm not mad at you. Elon, carry on. Go take it to the moon. (laughs) Well, anyway, folks, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us. I'm Red Sonia, Sonia Song B. Ali R. Rashid, your boy. Your boy. And we'll see you next time. Keep vibing. Peace. Peace. Keep your head above water. Dissing Trump when you can. Reality pop off. Good vibes. Corporation rip off. Good vibes. Fighting gentrification. Good vibes. For 20 caught a vaping. Good vibes. Ain't we lucky we got em. Good vibes. Yeah. 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 And that's it, yeah.